0: Matthew 17, starting at verse 15. Lord have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic. How many have prayed that prayer before? (laughs) Sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then said Jesus, he answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you, and how long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. The child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If he have faith as of a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place. And it shall remove. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Now go with me to Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21, verse 34. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged. With what? With surfeiting, drunkenness, and the cares of this life. So that day, speaking of the return of the Lord, so that day come upon you unawares, and I believe we're living in that time where if Christ were to return, the majority of the Christian in this world will be caught in this condition, eating and drinking and overcome with the cares of this life. Verse 35, For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth, watch ye therefore and pray always we're at a very important moment in our church calendar year. We have our anniversary right around the corner, then our missions conference. And I more than ever want God's blessing. I want God's hand. I want God's power to fall. I think all of us need God to work in our lives. I want something special when this man came to Christ with that child that was possessed. He was frustrated and said, I sought the help of the disciples, but they, they just couldn't seem to help me. And when the, the disciples asked Christ, why is it? Why is it that we couldn't do what we were supposed to do, what we needed to do? Why is it that we didn't have the power to do what you commanded us to do? His response was, this kind, the supernatural kind, cometh forth but by prayer and fasting. I want to preach for a few minutes tonight on that doctrine that most Baptists hate, the subject that we all avoid, fasting. I want to corporately challenge our church to take the next 14 days and fast. From now until Anniversary Sunday, I know several times in the Bible, the king there in Nineveh declared a fast. When he did it, he didn't just... Declared the fast for men, women, and children, but he declared it for the beasts, the animals as well. Now, there's a lot of different kind of fasts that we could talk about tonight. Fasting is mentioned 86 times in the Bible. There are a lot of things that we talk about that are rarely mentioned in the Bible, but fasting that is mentioned repeatedly is usually a subject that we avoid. Now, the Bible just takes it for granted that we're going to fast. When reading Matthew 6, we see the Bible says when you give, when you pray, when you fast. It's not an Old Testament doctrine, but it should be a habit, a custom, a practice of every born-again child of God to fast. Now, when we talk about fasting, what would be a typical fast? Go with me to Ezra chapter 8, a typical fast. Bible fast would what we'd be call a normal fast, one where the person that is fasting is refraining from food and simply drinking water. Fasting is about desire and difficulty and deprivation. Those are all words that we don't usually care for. We are a society that is given to appetite. How many of you have quickly come to the realization after starting a fast that you are naturally bent on caving to your flesh. How many of you have no problems or struggles at all with the idea of a fast? How many of you panic when we mention the word fast? Okay, that's the more honest crowd. Look what it says in chapter 8, verse 21. Then I proclaimed a fast. Now, you got to understand... Israel's condition, they'd been taken into captivity. And now there's a decree that they could go back to their lands, rebuild their temple, and they're praying for guidance. And it says, then I proclaim to fast there at the river of Ahava that we might afflict ourselves. Now, that's what fasting is. It's afflicting the soul, right? How many notice that about fasting? It's affliction. Is not pleasure, but that's the purpose of a fast. We That we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of Him a right way for us and for our little ones. Now, they were seeking guidance of God because while they were there in Babylon, what had happened was they had built homes and acquired stuff and established businesses, and now they'd have to leave most of that behind. But what they were taking, they were fearful that, someone would come and uh, overcome them steal the things that they were carrying across the country as they returned home and he said for our little ones for our substance verse 22 for i was ashamed to require the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us he said here's what i was asking god i was praying and fasting that not only he would guide us but he would protect us because i didn't want to have to ask the king for his protection, I wanted God to do that for us. He said, I don't want to ask for bandit soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way because we had spoken unto the king saying, the hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him. But his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. So what did they do? We fasted and besought our God for this. And he was entreated of us. Goes with me to Nehemiah, the next book. When Nehemiah, cupbearer, heard about the people of God had gone back to rebuild the temple, but in their endeavor, the walls had not been rebuilt. When Nehemiah heard about the sad, sad state of Jerusalem, look what he said in verse 3, And they said to me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. So all of Jerusalem also is broken down, the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Now, in Scripture, we do see supernatural fast. I believe that Moses is fast and Christ fast there in the wilderness. Sometimes not only did they do without food, but they also did without water. That's a supernatural fast. Now, as we challenge you to fast. What you're going to realize is in our American diet, we accumulate a lot of toxic poisons through our food. And what a fast does, it begins to cleanse your body of those toxins. It's going to be natural for you to get a little weary, a little worn out, possibly have a headache, be tired, become a little bit crabby. Does that happen to any of you? Was that day one or day five? It's usually about nine o'clock, day one, right? Now, in the Bible, we see a one-day fast, a three-day fast, 10-day fast, 21-day fast, 40-day fast. Go with me to Daniel. We see a partial fast. Daniel 1.8, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat or with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Verse 12, prove thy servants, he says. I beseech thee 10 days. Let them give us pulse to eat and water to to drink. So, he was going on a partial fast where he said I'm going to abstain from meat and eat only pulse and drink only water. So, in a partial fast, maybe you decide for a couple of days we'll do without food and the rest of the week we'll go on a liquid diet or maybe there's something that you like. Maybe you eliminate sweets from your diet or coffee from your diet. Whatever it is that gives you great pleasure in life, you refrain from doing that. Let me just say this about a fast. There are several misconceptions about fasting, but the major one is this. Many people think I wanna fast to get God's attention and they seek to use fasting as manipulation. Don't ever try that with God. fasting isn't a tool to be used against God to force him to do our will. Fasting is rather the opportunity to humble ourselves And get in tune with God we're not trying to get God's ear we have God's ear it's letting God know that he has our ear here's what happens in fasting when we begin to fast time slows down you know what happens at the end of the average day or week or even month or year we look back and say where did time go for that day it it came and went and I can't remember what happened it just flew by but when you begin to fast you're looking at the clock, you're hearing the seconds tick. You look at your watch and say, how is it that it's only 3 o'clock in the afternoon of day one? Now, if you want time to go by really slowly, fast all 14 days. Water fast. The next two weeks will seem like two years. Here's what you're doing. If we just think about the time that's spent around meals, Women, just the time you spent cooking, preparing a meal, serving it, sitting down eating it, and then cleaning up afterwards, how much time is freed up by saying, I'm going to go on a fast, and we're going to take that time and dedicate it to getting in tune with God. Sometimes those meals that we get together with other people, maybe it's at work, maybe it's outside with a friend. Sometimes those conversations are not 100% pleasing to God. Here's what you can make sure of. And when we talk about the next 15 days, we're talking about making sure everything in our life is geared toward getting in tune with God. Now, there's a lot of reasons for fasting. We'll go over those reasons tonight. But none of us would suffer on any level from going on a fast. Now, I know some of you have physical limitations. Maybe uh, you have problems with your blood sugar level or an infirmity or sickness that would keep you from fasting on that kind of level. But all of us could fast on some level. Here's what I'm asking tonight of the fathers. Because we're talking about a corporate fast. Now, here's what I'm asking you men to do. And men, let me encourage you. We have men's prayer meeting Sunday night at 5.30. It would be fabulous, even if it wasn't all year, if just over the next two Sundays you were here at 5.30 in prayer. But here's what I'm encouraging you to do as your spiritual leader. Man, you're the spiritual leaders of your home. I can't establish in your home a fast. But as the leader of your home, I can ask you to establish a fast. Now, this isn't you taking a hammer and laying down the law and saying, no one's eating for the next two weeks. You might get thrown out. When you get home from work, that door may be locked with a bulb. And that lock may have been changed so your key no longer works. I'm talking about sitting down, considering the ages and the ability of your children and saying, what would be a feasible, reasonable fast for some kids? A fast from Xbox and iPods and Internet and music would be a tremendous fast. You could say for the next 14 days, we're unplugging the Xbox, putting it in the closet, cutting the cable, turning off the stereo so you can actually hear the voice of God. I don't care what their age, even if they're five or six or seven. How old are you, Cody? Seven. Have you ever skipped a meal before, Cody? Yes? Could you handle that again? Got to meditate and pray about that one. You know what you could do? Even if they're seven or eight, you could say, listen, we're going to fast tomorrow for lunch. And if you're the spiritual leader in your family, you can set the example and say, daddy's going to be the example. I'm not fasting a meal. But days, or a week, or two weeks, maybe you decide to go on a liquid fast, maybe you decide to eliminate whatever it is in your diet that's the love of your life, for two weeks, you refrain. For any pitting Baptist, just eliminating coffee from the diet over the next two weeks is going to be a painful exercise. But the Bible literally calls it an affliction of soul. And listen, here's what we do in the United States of America. From the moment we wake up, the clothes we wear in our flavor of toothpaste and the coffee we drink from the brand to the creamer is all about pampering our flesh. I watch kids when parents talk about restaurants and their face twists. I remember as a kid, the thought of going to a restaurant, we would go to a restaurant. We probably went once a month. I remember if we went, normally we'd go to Kentucky Fried, order a bucket of chicken. And the faster you ate, the more chicken you got. (laughs) Nowadays, if you tell kids, well, we're going to Chili's. I hate Chili's. I don't want to go to Chili's. You know why? Because they've been taught to pamper their flesh catered to their taste buds and now it's no longer parents that determine the meals but the kids there used to be a day and age kids when parents would feed you broccoli and you would eat it and you didn't complain because if you did they'd say i'll give you more not if you complain but if your face complains like my face is happy i love broccoli how many you remember those days? What was on your plate was edible. Not scientifically speaking, but in your mom's mind, it was edible. <laughs> now the kids get to go shopping, and now the mother goes down an aisle and says, what do you want? What would you like? You put in the basket what you want to eat. And we've so catered our flesh that the thought of fasting brings about a fear and a panic that grips us from the depth of our soul, the bottom of our heart. Now, here's what I'm asking. Can we get the spiritual leaders of these homes to sit down tonight with their families and say, tomorrow we're going to participate in a church-wide fast. Now, here's what I don't want you to do. I don't need you to compare. I don't need you to think about someone else's fast. I don't need you to even consider what someone else is doing. That does not matter. This is you. This is God. This is your family. I don't even need brothers and sisters comparing themselves among themselves. The Bible calls that unwise. But if you decide to go without food three days, five days, 10 days, or 21 days, that's not the issue. The issue is that you say for the next 14 days I am participating in a corporate fast. Which means you make a choice and as a spiritual leader, sit down and talk to your children. You know what is dear to them. I would ask them, what's precious to you? What are you willing to give up for God to hear from God? You willing to eliminate something from your diet? You willing to go a day without food? Can you go on a liquid diet? Now, believe it or not, fasting is dangerous. No, feasting is dangerous. What we do in the United States of America is dangerous. If you fast, you need to drink lots of water. But I promise you, no one ever died from a 24, 48, 36-hour fast. Fasting is a way to seek God by denying the physical in order to focus on the spiritual. It's a way of freeing up time to spend more time with God. Now, let me ask you this. When your mind is caught up in all these things, whether it be eating or the media, what if you just fasted from flesh book? I I bet God would be honored with that. What if you just got off Google Plus for two weeks? What if you pulled your face out of Facebook, pulled your heart, Right out of Twitter. Boy, that'd be spiritually harmful, wouldn't it? Or if you unplug the TV, I don't know of anything on television that helps you spiritually. Absolutely nothing. But in order to really hear from God, we're gonna have to tune that out and turn that off. Now, I'm not asking for a 14 year commitment. A 14-month promise, I'm asking for 14 days of your life where you tell your flesh, no! This is about God, this isn't about me. Go with me to Ezekiel. Chapter 16. We often talk about Sodom and Gomorrah and consider their sin to be the sin of homosexuality when the Bible says... Something different. Ezekiel 16, verse 49. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Let's see what it was. Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness. So when God looked at Sodom, here's what he said. Matter of fact, you would have to say these are the sins of America. Pride, the abundance of bread, and idleness. Now, in our busy lives, we don't have the time that we want or need to pray, read our Bibles, get in tune with God. How many would like to have more time to be able to spend with God? Most of you make determination. I'm going to read my Bible this year. I'm going to read more of my Bible this year. I'm going to study, meditate on it. Memorize it, but there's only one problem between work and drive time and take care of the kids and all your family responsibilities. In the rush of life and all the obligations, the time you want to spend with God is very limited. Let me tell you how to greatly increase your time over the next 14 days. You turn off the radio. You say, "I'm going to use my phone, but only for business purposes. That iPad, I've I've never in my lifetime seen so many people so dedicated to so little. You go out in public, I don't care if it's a restaurant or an airport, no matter where you go, everyone has their iPad open up and their entire focus is on nothing. No time to communicate with anybody in real life, real time. But here's a way to make time for God. Closing that down, saying, I'm going to fast. Go to a spiritual fast. You know how much time you could free up if you just decided, I'm not going to do any texting unless it's necessary or business texting. Folks, a message like this ought to be very encouraging and challenging because we're saying, this is a way I can focus on getting close to God. God wants to speak to you, and he is often trying to speak to you, but that will only happen if you're willing to hear. Now, here's my question tonight. Are we truly willing to get serious about the supernatural? Go with me to. Isaiah, let's read this together. Isaiah 58, 1, cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression, the house of Jacob, their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight the in approaching to God. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou See us not," he said. "By all appearances, things seem to be okay, but they're not. The question is, we have fasted and now see us not. Wherefore we have afflicted our soul and thou takest no knowledge. Behold, in the day of your fast, ye find pleasure and exact all your labors. Now here's what God said." Yes, you fast, but it's more of a ritual than something done on purpose. And here's what we don't want to do over the next 15 days. We don't want to eliminate Xbox and replace it with football. This isn't about getting out of the house and getting exercise. This isn't about dropping a few pounds, losing some necessary weight. This is about you and God and hearing from God and God said, your question is, hey, We fasted, and it seems like we still don't have your attention. God says, this isn't about you getting my attention. This is about you understanding the purpose of a fast. It's not about you taking that time that's been freed up and replacing it with pleasure. Verse 4, Behold, ye fast for strife and debate to smite the fist of wickedness. You shall not fast as ye do this day to make your voice to be heard on high wow did you catch that last phrase let me repeat it ye shall not fast as ye do this day to make your voice to be heard on high he said this isn't about you clamoring out to get my attention to manipulate me into doing a miracle for you this isn't about me listening from heaven this is about you listening to me on the earth. Verse six, is not this the fast that I have chosen? Now look at the benefits of fasting. There's so many, and I would challenge you to read this daily as you fast. Over the next 14 days, it'd bless your heart and stir your soul if you read this every day in your devotions. You'd find something new and challenging every day. The purpose of the fast the benefit of the fast, to lose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke. Here's the blessing. There's great spiritual victory that comes in fasting. Not a meal. I'm not talking about a meal or a day. I'm talking about extended fasting. Now, Christians, here's what I want you to listen to. I don't want to go into our anniversary revival like any other revival. I want God to do something very special in our hearts. It's not going to depend upon the preaching. It's going to depend upon how we prepare ourselves spiritually for that moment. The Holy Spirit will be here. God is more than willing to work and to move and he wants to do something in our hearts, in our marriages, in our minds. Now, whether that sin is... Envy or bitterness or worry or strife. Whatever sin you're dealing with. Fear. I watch people as they read the news. Concerned about what is taking place. you ought got to be excited about what is taking place around the world. Amen. Knowing we're living in the last days and soon Christ will be coming. But if you live in worry, if you can't sleep at night, Fasting will do your soul good. Knowing the national percentages, I don't know how many people in our church use medication for fear, worry, panic, sleep, blood pressure. You'd help yourself by fasting, get in tune with God. God wants to give us spiritual victory. And he says, one of the ways to do that, I don't know of anything else in the Bible that has these kind of benefits to it. Here's what God said He lists the benefits of fasting. Now, you tell me anything else, any other spiritual endeavor, will have this kind of effect promised by God to loose the bands of wickedness. You can get freedom from addictions by fasting care if that's smoking or alcohol, pornography, whatever it is. Last, whatever it is in your heart and life that's dominating your thoughts, God can free you from that through fasting. do the heavy burdens. Some of you are carrying heavy burdens. Maybe it's a financial burden. Maybe it's a child that's gone astray. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a workload. Maybe it's a job situation. Maybe it's a relationship. Here's what God said. Fasting is what provides the solution. How many believe the Bible? Why do you think Satan fights fasting like no other spiritual exercise? How many of you have prayed before without fasting? That's how we normally pray. You say, well, Satan fights that, not like he fights prayer and fasting. Fasting. Satan will do anything within his power to keep you from the spiritual exercise that so benefits you and your family. To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free. You fast for the salvation of souls. How many of you remember the story of Nineveh? When God said, I'm going to utterly destroy that city What changed the destiny of that city? Prayer and fasting. What did the king say when judgment was pronounced? Who can tell? Who can tell what God might do? He may have mercy. Let's fast. Let's pray. Let's humble ourselves before God. Let's afflict our soul. Let's watch and see what God might do and God saved them, you say, well, my mother's just too hard. My neighbor won't listen. What if we try fasting? Now, here's here's my question as a pastor. How many of my people really heard from God this past week? How many really heard from God? Oh, we've heard from so many different sources. Music that we call Christian. TV that we call acceptable. Internet. Internet conversations that we can't classify as godly. So we've we've heard a lot. It's not all sinful, but all those things often keep us from hearing from God. So in all honesty, when's the last time you've heard God's voice? It's amazing how we can tune out God, but we hear all of the unnecessary comments of life, craziness that we should block out, You know how to help yourself block out unnecessary noise. I'm asking you, have you heard from God? God speaks through his word and he'll lead you into righteousness. I've never heard someone say, God is leading me to give up cigarettes. No, it's always God is leading me to, and then they tell you what their desire is to do. Don't throw God in on that. Don't make God responsible for a bad decision. God led me to buy this car. God led me. Now you made a choice. Maybe a good one, maybe a bad one, but don't, don't come to me and say, God led me to buy this house. You looked at a dozen houses and you made a decision based on your financial circumstances and I hope you made a good decision. If God led you, God would lead you to go soul winning. God would lead you to help someone in need. God would lead you to be a better Christian. God would lead you to have devotions with your family. Those are things that God leads us to do. So here's what I'm asking you. How about we get so in tune with God, he can actually lead us. He may lead you to prayer meeting at 530, be careful. He may lead you to pass out a track, talk to a co-worker, pick up a visitor, give away some money, fix someone's tire. I've never had someone say, well, God led me to replace that widow's tire. No, God led me to another company. No, you were interviewed, offered the job, and you said, I want the money. Amazing everything God gets blamed for. Now, look at the purpose of the fast, verse 7. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? Now, how many, if we do a corporate fast, we want to do this biblically correct. How do we do a biblically correct fast? This is not about God, listen to me. This is about God, I'm afflicting my soul to listen to you. I want to slow life down. I want to focus on your voice. Then if it's really biblical, we say let's take the money that we're saving on food and give it to someone in need. So if we skip the meal, we figure that normally we spend $28 a meal. Or if we skip going to the restaurant, maybe you fast from eating at restaurants for two weeks and you figure out what you would normally spend in restaurants and go give it to someone that's needy. Isn't that what the question that God asks? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry and thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh? Let's let's just talk about the last phrase. We're trying to hurry through this and I keep getting snagged here and there. And that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh? What are we talking about? Fasting doesn't eliminate your parental or family responsibilities. So kids, I'm fasting. I'm not going to the table with you tonight. You don't hide yourself from your own flesh. You know what you do? You have enough spiritual courage that you go to the table, you sit down with them with your glass of water or juice or whatever you're doing. And you pray for the meal and you talk to them. You don't lust over the potatoes. (laughs) You don't slower over the meat. You talk to them about their day. And then you excuse yourself and you go ahead and get a hold of God. Eight. Then. What's then? When is then? After you have fasted, then shall thy light break forth as the morning. Thine health. Here's what God says. If you want some health issues answered, fast. Thine health shall spring forth speedily. That's a Bible promise. Now, don't expect to collect on that promise after 12 hours of fasting. (laughs) Thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy rearward. That means God will not only go before you. He'll go behind you. Verse 9, then shalt thou call and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry and he shall say, here am I. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, the speaking of vanity, if thou draw thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity. The darkness shall be as a noonday. Look what it says the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought. Verse 14, here's the key. Here's what fasting is about. Verse 14. Then shalt thou delight thyself in The Lord. It's difficult to delight yourself in God when our delight is food and music and radio and internet and TV and all these other things. You want a special blessing? Look look at Bible examples. When they needed the supernatural, when they needed God, they needed God's hand. The people fasted. God moved. Reconciliation was made. Now, who in here can say, my life is so perfect, my marriage, my family, my child-rearing, my walk with God, my relationship with others, it's all so good. Pastor, you know what? You can count me out on this one. How many of you have noticed things in your life that need fixed? Here's what God says. Prayer and fasting, this kind, the supernatural kind, cometh not forth but by prayer and fasting.